The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Jesus awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. The fourth Sunday of Advent. It's almost here. Christmas is just a week away. The kids are getting excited. They've pr probably been out to visit Santa and are trying their best to stay on that nice list. Mom and Dad are busy trying to check off all the things on their busy to-do list to make this Christmas so, so special for the kids. And there's Christmas parties, work get-togethers, cookie exchanges with friends, and everyone's still trying to fit in all those family traditions, whether it be going out and cutting down a Christmas tree, decorating the house, baking the special Christmas cookies, going to the Arboretum for illumination, or maybe catching a Charlie Brown Christmas on TV. These traditions are a big part of the season. In our house, making Christmas cookies with our kids and now with our grandkids is one of ours. And then having a big Christmas Eve family gathering have become our traditions. I would guess that many people still make a tradition out of trying to watch the movie It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. I don't necessarily watch it every year, but I do truly enjoy watching this movie. And if for those of you that might remember, the plot of the movie includes George Bailey, having lived a selfless life for others at the Bailey Savings and Loan, he's distressed about thinking he made a huge mistake and is on the verge of ending his life at the bridge. Then, his guardian angel enters the picture and demonstrates to George the impact his wonderful life has had on his family, his friends, and the entire community the brother he saved from the icy pond as kids, dealing with that cranky old Mr. Potter, 
renovating the house he bought, and raising all those beautiful kids with his wife, Mary. The movie emphasizes virtues like sacrifice, duty, and loyalty over personal ambition and final financial gain. And it's steeped in selflessness, humility, and integrity. What you might not remember about this movie is how it begins. It begins with prayers. The movie opens looking down Main Street in Bedford Falls at night and the snow is falling from the sky. And then there's a series of voices. I owe everything I have to George Bailey. Please help him, dear father. Then the second line, Joseph, Jesus, and Mary, help my friend, Mr. Bailey. And it goes on with others asking God and our dear Lord, by name, to help George Bailey. These are prayers being offered up by his friends who see the hardship George Bailey is going through. And then after the prayers, the movie continues on to a dialogue between two heavenly beings. The scene is the stars of heaven illuminated with groups of stars speaking back and forth. One isn't named, and it may be God or it may be another angel, but the other is called out by name, Joseph. And they're discussing helping George by sending Clarence, his guardian angel, to help George and in return help Clarence finally earn his wings. Why Joseph? Why does the movie call out Heavenly Joseph? And why does the prayer in the second line of the movie begin with Joseph instead of the way my mom would explain Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Well, part of the answer might be that the director, Frank Capra, was an Italian immigrant and he was Catholic. So perhaps he had a strong affinity to St. Joseph. Or maybe, just maybe, it's because the story of It's a Wonderful Life is ultimately a story about a righteous man. And who better to model, like the gospel we just heard, than St. Joseph? When we think of the Annunciation, we typically think of Mary, because we often read in Luke's gospel that she will bear a child and her fiat, let it be done to me according to your will. But here in Matthew's gospel, it's Joseph to whom the angel appears. Joseph, a human being just like us, is faced with a, with a dilemma. Joseph is betrothed to Mary. During that period in history, Betrothal was a time of marriage in which the man and woman were contractually bound to one another. Not yet married or living together, they were bound to the extent that divorce was actually required to break the betrothal contract. And in case of in, uh, cases of infidelity, that punishment could be severe, including death. Mary, being found with child, having had no marital relations, puts Joseph in a difficult spot. Joseph has a choice to make. Being a righteous man, he decides to quietly divorce Mary, demonstrating his concern to protect Mary. Then, behold, the angel of the Lord appears in a dream and conveys to Joseph how best to protect Mary and her unborn child, saying, Do not be afraid. The child was conceived of the Holy Spirit, 
Take Mary into your home and name your son Jesus, and he will save people from their sins. Matthew proclaims this beautiful encounter in a nice, concise passage, connecting his angelic vision to the prophetic voice of Isaiah from our first reading, who proclaimed the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and name him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Joseph awakes and does as the angel commanded, but it's not hard to imagine that there had to be a few thoughts rolling around the human brain of Joseph as he pondered his dream. Ultimately, didn't Joseph again need to make a choice? A human choice of discernment guided by the grace of God. Like Joseph, we too are called to fulfill a dream, God's dream for each one of us. Understanding God's will for us often demands the hardest thing many of us can muster, which is trust. Trusting in God's will for us rather than forcing our will on God. Well, how does that happen? One grace-filled way is through discernment. St. Ignatius of Loyola calls discernment an examination of one's internal reactions to God through prayer. And I know at times the challenge for me is discerning God's will from my own will. I was recently asked a question about God's will. In essence, I was asked, if we have a personal motive to fast or pray in an effort to be the recipient of God's grace, it seems impossible then to fully succumb to God's will and have none of our own. And it occurred to me that this tied directly into the decisions Joseph faced. God knew Joseph had the talents, the integrity, and the grace to answer the call. Joseph just had to not be afraid, to trust in God, and then to respond accordingly. Isn't that what we're called to do? We're called to use the gifts God provides in raising our own families, doing the jobs to the best of our ability, and helping our communities. If we discern how best to use them with the intention that it's always ordered to ultimately accomplish building up God's kingdom, acting out of selflessness for the greater good of our family, our church, and our community, then our prayer, is and prayer and fasting is ordered to the will of God, even when we pray for something we believe we need for ourselves. This gospel passage reminds us of how one wonderful life can and does make a difference in the world. These final days of Advent offer us an opportunity to make ourselves fully ready for God to enter our world. But Advent also asks each of us to do something more than prepare the way of the Lord. It asks us to do what St. Joseph did, to discern the will of God in our lives and the choices we make and how we live that grace out every single day.